have a home playoff game on Sunday against a team they should beat against a team they have beaten uh, they are a 13-win team they have all kinds of advantages going into the game including at the quarterback and receiver positions so Jeff is this team good enough mature enough to win this game well we we think so <laughs> and <laughs> I, I guess you always qualify it when it comes to playoff time because you never know but certainly going to this game the Giants are a talented team and and they're a better team than the team the Vikings only beat by three points on a 61-yard field goal because they've got Xavier McKinney back at safety which should help them in their coverage of, of TJ Hawkinson who, as, as Giants coach Brian Dable said, killed them last time, which he did with 13 catches uh, for 109 yards and two touchdowns. And, and they had a hard time with Jefferson, too. And they've got, looks like they'll have a Dory Jackson back, who may be their best cover corner, and he missed the last game. So those are good for the Giants. Uh, for the Vikings, perhaps they're not quite as strong as they were because of Brian O'Neill's injury on the offensive line and a question mark on Bradbury, who did not play last time against the Giants. And Dexter Lawrence gave the Vikings all kinds of trouble inside. At the time, he was going against Austin Schlotman. Now it would potentially be Chris Reed if Bradbury can't go, but he was back at practice on Wednesday. So that's a good sign. We'll see if he can hold up against a, a Pro Bowl defensive tackle in Dexter Lawrence. So I think it's it's a pretty even matchup, and which is obvious from the last game when when the Vikings had to win it at, at the end. But I do think that Justin Jefferson, as you said, <clears throat> the whole receiving core for the Vikings is an advantage. I think Kirk Cousins' experience over Daniel Jones is an advantage. It's Daniel Jones' first playoff game. He's had a really good season. I think he's a really good player. He's very dangerous running the ball, over 700 yards rushing, and does not throw interceptions. So it's really, I think, going to come down to one of those situations in playoff games. As as we know, turnovers are going to tell the story. And the Vikings were plus two last time against the Giants in that Christmas Eve victory. I think it's going to be an exciting game. It'll be a great atmosphere at U.S. Bank Stadium. And the playoffs, I think, are are shaping up as as a, a very exciting time for this football team and really around the league. From the Aquarius Home Services studio, this is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Jeff, the former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans, has been around a lot of big games. Thanks for listening to TalkNorth.com. If you like this show, if you like any shows at the network, including the Viking Update show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. It is the easiest way to listen. Uh, Thanks also to our longtime sponsors, White Bear Lake Superstore and Platinum Bank. Thanks also to our producer, Brianne Burdett. Once again, thanks for listening to the network. Uh, Check out TalkNorth.com. There will be shows you like on the network. We have a massive number of shows, and we keep adding to them. So I think the the most intriguing matchup for me is the Vikings' offensive line, whomever whomever ends up starting against that – 
Giants defensive front, which is good, and uh, Thibodeau is a problem. And now you might be fa- you're going to be facing him with a backup right tackle and a backup center, probably. Uh, maybe Bradbury plays, but then we don't know how well Bradbury's ready to play. I-, I think that's the matchup to watch. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I-, I think I think that's a key matchup, and conversely, the Giants trying to stop the Vikings uh, passing game is also really important. But then on, on the other side of the ball, the Vikings defense is going to need to keep Saquon Barkley in check and also be able to cover the receivers better, which they did not do in the first game against, against the Giants. And we saw kind of just average type receivers. I, Isaiah Hodge, Hodgins had eight catches. Richie James had eight catches. They have got to tighten up on some of their coverage in this in this game and be able to control Barkley. And then Daniel Jones' running ability is a wild card. There, there are just so many areas that you can look at and say, yeah, this is the key, this is the key. Special teams are always important in playoff time. Josh Mattelis had a block punt the last time the Vikings played the Giants. And, of course, Joseph made the long field goal. But Graham Gano also made – a 50-yard-plus field goal in that game and was 3-for-3. I think it's just one of those games that comes down to turnovers, to who makes the mistake at the critical time, who can make the big drive at the end. And I think it's going to be one of those one-score games that it's going to be close. You brought up Hodgins. The Giants do not have... You know, Vikings caliber receivers. They don't have. They don't have a Justin Jefferson. They don't probably don't even have a KJ Osborne, um, and they don't have a, a Hawkinson. But Hodgins has come on later in the year. He scored four touchdowns in the last five games. He's he's never had a hundred yard game. It's not like he's a superstar, but he has at least given them another option. And he had his best game as a pro against the Vikings: eight catches, eighty nine yards, and a touchdown. Uh, again, not a great player. But the way they work their offense, if they just get some production out of their receivers, they become they become semi dangerous. Yeah, they do, and they they are a ball control type of team. They're not going to try to throw a lot of bombs against you. It's, it's not it's not the Chiefs. It's not Tyreek Hill back in the day. It's going to be a grinded out with Barkley. It's going to be short passing. It's going to be run pass options with Daniel Jones. So ultimately. I think what it comes down to also another really important matchup is going to be Daniil Hunter against Evan Neal, who's had a lot of trouble this year against elite pass rushers, guys like Reddick in Philadelphia gave him a lot of trouble. Uh, Hunter last game against, against Neal and the Giants had two sacks and four quarterback hit, hits. Zadarius Smith, to me, is really a key guy. He has not been real impactful the, the second half of the season, he's only had a half a sack over the last seven games, but he got last week off due to the personal matter. I think that will help him in this game that he he's more rested and he says his knee is better than a spin in a long time. We know early in the season when, when the Vikings defense was playing better, he was the game wrecker. He was leading the league in pressures. He, he had a ton of sacks. So he's the kind of guy, and, and he's a big game kind of guy. He's been in the playoffs before with the Packers, understands rising to the occasion. I think he could be a real key guy in this, in this game. 
But as we said, there are just so many ways you can look at a playoff game and, and a game with a lot of star caliber players like this game has. And that makes it exciting. And I think it's going to be, as I said, a great atmosphere there. I'm, I'm going to be interested to see how they tight, try to tighten up the Giants on Hawkinson with Xavier McKinney back in the lineup, but hasn't played a lot recently, and, and Adoree Jackson. So we will see. But as we recall last time, Jefferson made the big plays down the stretch, scored the, scored the touchdown that put him up by eight points on a route that O'Connell called maybe Jefferson's best route of the year. He beat double coverage inside. Cousins threw a great ball to him. I worry a little bit about Kirk in this particular game because of, of missing O'Neal. And, and if Bradbury's not in there, is he going to get a little skittish? I think it's really important to be able to run the ball better than they than they did last time against the Giants. And it wasn't even so much that they didn't do it well. They didn't really try to run it. And the Giants are the number 27 team against the rush so it stands to reason that you're going to run Dalvin Cook more than 14 times, which is what he did last time against the Giants. Madison had four carries. Between them, they had a 4.4-yard average, but but they didn't get a chance to carry the ball much because O'Connell got very pass-happy in that game. So when it comes to playoff time, and, and even you don't want to project down the road, but if you think about facing the 49ers, in San Francisco next week, if they can get by the Giants, they've got to be able to run the ball and, and keep an explosive office, offense like San Francisco's off the field. That's going to be another key thing for me. And and Dalvin Cook not putting the ball on the ground. He's had three fumbles in the last five games. He has got to not fumble the ball this week. Agreed. Uh, another uh, worry here. We're recording on Thursday morning. This could this could play out immediately, or could play out by Sunday morning. Harrison Smith uh, limited in practice on Wednesday after not playing on Sunday. I I, I really have no doubt Harrison Smith is going to play and start this game. The question is, do you think he's going to be close to what he needs to be for this defense to function? Yeah, he, he he better be for the Vikings defense because he's such an important glue guy for the secondary. And, yeah, Josh Metellus has, has made some impact plays during the season, but he's also been beat um, and blown a lot of coverages. So if Harrison is not in there, I, I think it's a, it's a huge problem for the Vikings secondary. Cam Bynum is a guy to me who has the talent, He's just a little slow to react sometimes, and, and he's another guy that's dropped coverage on occasion. On occasion, He needs Harrison Smith in there also, as does whoever's playing a corner opposite of Patrick Peterson. I think the entire secondary has got to be better than they were the last time against the Giants. Uh, they picked on Shandon Sullivan, as we said, with, with guys like Hodgins and, and Richie James. Slayton's a good player. Patrick Peterson even got beat a couple times, got beat for a touchdown, got beat on the two-point conversion. Shannon Solve is a guy that really concerns me in the playoffs. He, he kind of gives up a lot of room in coverage. He's got to tighten things up. That whole defense has to. And, and as I said, ultimately it comes down to the defensive line. They have got to get pressure on Jones. They've got to contain him. Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks have got to be able to react when – when Jones takes off on his scrambles and his runs, uh, 
there's a lot of there's a lot of ifs in this game for that Vikings defense and, and on the offensive side too, which is why you you go into the game and even with a 13 win team you say, yeah, this is not a great dominant football team, but they play with confidence and they believe and they think they can come from behind. But I also think Jim, when you get into the playoffs, you need and you've come off a really good season, you need to strike while the iron's hot because it's going to be hard to get back to 13 wins next year. The division's getting better. We, we know Detroit's going to be better. They're already come on. The Packers are going to be better. I, I fully expect Rodgers back, even though he'll talk about beautiful mysteries and all that, but he'll be back because he's not going to give up $58 million. Yep. <laughs> and, and the Bears are going to have the first pick, overall pick, and and they've got extra picks from all these trades, so the whole division's going to be better. I'll be very surprised if the Vikings get 13 wins next year. You got you got to win while you're on a roll. Oh, no doubt about it. More on that subject and a comparison of Kevin O'Connell and Brian Dable. But uh, right now, let us thank longtime sponsor White Bear Lake Superstore, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Always excited to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC at playoff time. My longtime friend, the owner, Paul Rubin, his general manager, Charlie Guttrell, they're fantastic staff. Minnesota's number one volume Buick GMC dealer, six years running with the best selection and their super friendly premium team. Check out their great website, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com. You will see 2.9% APR on all GMC Sierra 1500s, 3.9% APR on Buick SUV models, 3.9% APR plus a $750 purchase allowance on GMC terrains, and no monthly payments for 90 days on all these great vehicles. The Wiper Lake Superstore also is a Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. So visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in Wiper Lake or online at wiperlakesuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. We'd also like to thank Platinum Bank. I'm happy to talk about our great sponsor. Platinum Bank is your bank, a partner, simply a provider. In today's environment, businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges, capitalize on opportunities, and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder and have personally experienced tremendous customer service working with Executive Vice President Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, visit www.platinumbankmn.com. Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. So who did a better job this year? Dayball took uh, the Giants from four wins to the playoffs. Uh, we, uh, hey, we did see dramatic improvement. Daniel Jones played better this year than he did last year. Kevin O'Connell takes the Vikings from eight victories to 13 victories and the number three seed, uh, which is more difficult to do, take a terrible team and make them average or take an average team and make them good? Well, I guess I'd say the Giants are better than average because they're in the playoffs and and they – Nine seven and one, but they they rested their key guys last week against Philadelphia, which they probably would have lost that game anyway. Yeah, the Giants aren't a great team. You think back to December eleventh, Kansas or it was San Francisco. I think that um, 
scored 48 on them, or maybe it was Kansas City. Not sure about that. But one of those two teams really ran up the score on, on the Giants in that particular game. And I guess I, I would say by a hair, Dable, just because of the Giants being whatever a four-win team last year, the Vikings were just outside the playoffs and all those one score losses turned into one score wins. They both done great jobs, but I, I think I was, I would say that O'Connell had a little more to work with out of the gate, especially on offense. And, and just where Brian Dable has taken Daniel Jones and Daniel Jones should thank his lucky stars. He's got Brian Dable because it probably got him about a $35 million contract next year because he, he will be a free agent, most likely will, will be franchised by the Giants. But he's become a, a very quality NFL quarterback, dangerous running and passing. So I'll, I'll say Dable barely. And this whole coach of the year is going to be really fascinating to see who wins it because there's guys like Doug Peterson in Jacksonville who brought them to a division title, even if they're 9-8, and eight, but have, have played really well, good down the stretch. And, and what he's done with Trevor Lawrence – just uh, and, and you think about guys who have always done a good job, like Andy Reid, Sirianni in, in Philadelphia has had a great year. Kyle Shanahan taking a rookie quarterback in in uh, in Purdy and what he's done there. So just so many things that have happened this year. I think it's it's been a great class of, of coaches and a great great job that they've done all year. No doubt about it. We're going to do our NFL picks here uh, shortly and not as a means of uh, giving betting advice, but just because it's a great way to talk about the NFL and all the different teams, all the different matchups. Obviously, six games to pick this week, including Vikings-Giants. Uh, I will say this, having been out there Monday and Wednesday, I'm going back out there today for more interviews. You know, I don't know if this means anything at all. We tend to overrate stuff in the that happens during the week in the NFL because there's nothing else going on. They only play one game a week. But I, I felt like Kirk Cousins a little tense yesterday. I felt like Eric Kendricks is one of the most laid back, you know, down to earth people you'll ever meet. I thought he was tense on Monday. I feel like this team understands that if they lose the first playoff game, that uh, people are not going to look back very fondly on this group. I think the pressure is definitely more on the Vikings in this game. They are at home, and you've got a lot of those veteran players that you mentioned, such as Cousins, such as Kendricks, the Harrison Smiths, who want to make a playoff run. I think Cousins in particular does not surprise me that, that he would be feeling the pressure a little bit because he's had a great year. Statistically, it hasn't been – his best year, but I think on the field and, and production and big moments where they come from behind wins, it has been his best year, clearly to me. And taking on leadership, showing more personality. So, yeah, it, certainly the stakes are much higher. So you expect them to be a little more tense. But I think it's important that that doesn't translate to game day for, for Cousins. Because if, if he does get skittish, we've seen the results can be just disastrous for the Vikings with, with turnovers and interceptions and holding the ball and check downs. And so that's why he needs Dalvin Cook to help him, the running game to help him, the offensive line 
to maybe to play over their head against against a really good front seven and be able to pick up those blitzes. We know the Giants, and I'm, I'm sure that's part of Kirk's trepidation this week that he got sacked four times and hit 11 times last time they played the Giants. He played a great game hanging in there and not turning the ball over, but he took a lot of shots in that game. And I'm sure he's concerned about that. And how long can he hold it this week? I think I think this really kind of brings us to the point. One of the keys to me, the quick passing game has got to be foremost for O'Connell this week and being able to run the ball. But the quick passing game is really going to be critical because Kirk's not going to have time to sit back there with seven-step drops against this defense with Thibodeau coming and Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams, they've got some guys, and then they blitz on 45% of the downs, more more blitzes than any team in the league. It gives you opportunities to hit some big plays, and perhaps it's a screen to Cook. Madison, I think, could play a, a big role in this game, too. But, yeah, it, it certainly does not surprise me that, that Kirk would be a little concerned going into this game. And as you said, if you lose that first playoff game at home, it really bursts the bubble to a certain extent, of, of a really fantastic regular season, even though looking back, and we've said this before, it's still a great season, an exciting season, the most exciting regular season in Vikings history. But you want to win this game. Then you go to San Francisco, you let it hang out. You're going to be a big underdog. I expect them to win this game. I know we're going to make our picks in a second, and I expect them not to win in San Francisco. So, but you never know when you get into the playoffs. Back in 1987, we were big underdogs going to face Joe Montana and Bill Walsh, Ronnie Lott, Jerry Rice, somehow Wade Wilson, Anthony Carter, Keith Millard, Chris Dolman. We won that game. But you got to get to that game first. So well, I was talking, we had a Star Tribune meeting about covering the playoffs, and I brought that up. So the Vikings play at San Francisco. We need to remind people that's that's one of the, that might be the greatest Vikings victory of the modern, you know, of the post Bud Grant era. I, I think it, I think it is. And in, in my front office career, I, I put that game and perhaps the Music City Miracle down in Nashville <laughs> when we beat the Bills on a, a miracle play and then went on to the Super Bowl. But yeah, the the win in San Francisco was was just so exciting. So much in a certain respect unexpected against that dominant 49er team. So, as I said, you never know come playoff time, which is why you never know even in this game or any of these games this weekend, except except for perhaps San Francisco taking on Seattle. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, with that, let's get to the picks. Reminder, we have Cheryl Reeve, Roy Smalley, Lavelle Neal did a really good episode on the Carlos Correa signing this week, John Krasinski on the Timberwolves, the Viking Update show, Prospox, Russo, LaPanta, Mike Grimm, Dave Lee. We've added Joe Anderson, Mr. Fun. Uh, we have outdoor content, variety content, uh, John Millay on preps. Check it all out. We do appreciate it. Let's now get to the picks, and we'll just kind of use this as a vehicle talking about the rest of the NFL. As you said, Seahawks at 49ers. This is probably the easiest game to pick. I just can't imagine that Seahawks team beating that 49er team in Santa Clara. Yeah, I think the only way that happens is if Brock Purdy has has a meltdown as as a rookie quarterback. But he's been so poised and cool; he's looked like a veteran out there. 
And it, it kind of also brings me real quickly to the playoff quarterbacks in this group this year are really fascinating, Jim. And I kind of break them down into into probably four categories. You got the you got the first playoff experience guys, and that includes Daniel Jones, by the way, and Purdy, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert. Tua's not going to play, so he's not in that equation. If if Bridgewater can go, and I'm not sure his status, he he does have at least a, a game of experience. Geno Smith has never been in a playoff game, even as a vet. Then you got the the quarterbacks who are veterans but need to prove it on a big stage. And I'm talking about Kirk Cousins, one and three in his playoff career. D- Dak Prescott, one and three in his playoff career. You can throw Jalen Hurts in that group. Lamar Jackson is certainly in that group if he's able to play, and he's one and three in his playoff career. And then you got you got the young elite. That's Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow, and the goat <laughs> Brady. So anyway, back to the picks. Go ahead. <laughs> I dig- I digress there. <laughs> no, very good point. And now you have hey, uh, what we think is a great young quarterback in in Justin Herbert going up against the Jaguars, who are and Trevor Lawrence looks like the guy who deserved to be a top pick in the NFL draft that this is a, you know, I don't think either of these teams is great, but it's kind of an interest. Anytime you have two good young quarterbacks, it's interesting. Yeah, it is. And one, one of the bizarre things that happened last week was, was Brandon Staley, the charger coach and the Chargers were locked into that fifth seed and he played their starters and then, and then got a couple of their key guys injured, including one of their best receivers. So it's that, that was not real smart on his part at all. But I, I still think the Chargers are a better team than the Jaguars. They're, the Jags have a lot of talent and, and are coming on, but, but I, I'll still take the Chargers in a, in a close one. And Jacksonville had, had a lot of trouble moving the ball against Tennessee last week. Yeah, they did. Uh, I, for some reason, I'm going to take the Jaguars. I think just anytime San Diego has to go all the way to the East Coast, uh, I, for some reason, I'm just going to take the Jaguars. It's probably stupid, but what the heck? These picks don't really count for anything. Anyway, Dolphins at Bills noon Sunday, uh, the hors d'oeuvre before the Giants-Vikings. I, I think it's pretty easy to pick the Bills here. Yeah, it is, especially with no two. And, and you still have the Chargers in San Diego, huh? Do you know, you know something? Uh, well, to me, San Diego is just like a suburb of Los Angeles, so I don't <laughs> mind calling the San Diego Chargers for the rest of history. It sounds it does sound better. It sounds much better. And yeah, I, I think the the Bills, they've got the mojo, they've got the extra motivation with, with Demar Hamlin, and and I certainly wouldn't be surprised if he shows up in the house on Sunday, which would really crank him up even further. But as I said, no Tua. Uh, Tagovailoa for for Miami. I think that really kind of spells their doom in this game. Uh, Buffalo, I think, wins pretty big. Yep. Uh, let's skip to Ravens against the Bengals Sunday night. Uh, really interesting drama playing out with Lamar Jackson. Uh, the Bengals look great right now. Uh, once again, I'll take the obvious pick, the Bengals. Yeah, I, I'll take the Bengals too. Even if Lamar makes it back, he hasn't played in whatever five, six weeks. Their receiving core is is basically non-existent, other than than the tight end. Their defense is still pretty good, but I, I just I love the way Joe Burrow plays. Fun to watch them. They've got a lot, a lot of explosiveness on that offense, and their defense is underrated. Don't count them out in that AFC race. 
there's going to be some really exciting divisional playoff games coming up next week. And when Kansas City gets in, into the mix and, and if Cincinnati matches up with Buffalo as the 2-3 seed, that's going to be yeah. great. So, yeah, I, I like Cincinnati in this game. Cowboys at Bucks. Cowboys are playing horribly. The Bucks aren't very good. But you have Brady playing a playoff game at home. Who do you like there? Yeah, this is a tough one because Dak Prescott has struggled in recent weeks. And I, I do think that the Cowboys will rise up and find a way to win this game. But Tampa Bay beat him in the opener. It would not surprise me if, if Brady found a way to win this game. But, but I, I will pick Dallas in a close game. I, I think Micah Parsons perhaps is the game wrecker. Tampa Bay's offensive line is not what it was. So give me, give me the Cowboys in a close one, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the other way. I'll take the Cowboys in that one, too. Now, Giants at Vikings. I'll go first and let you wrap up the show with your pick. I think I went into the week thinking Vikings win this one. The more I think about it, the more I analyze matchups, the more time I spend at the Vikings facility, I think the Giants have a real shot at winning. I, I will stick with what I said on the Viking Update show. I will take the Vikings to win, but I don't feel great about it. I, I can understand that. I think it's going to be a close game. And I think that's what makes it fun come playoff time. I love playoff time. It's the best time of the year in the NFL. But I think this is a very close game. I think it, it's going to come down in a lot of respects to the quarterbacks. Who, who handles the pressure? Who plays, who plays the best? But there are just, as I said, so many things that, that can enter into it. I'm going to take the Vikings in a close game. I think that, that Hunter and, and Zadarius Smith – are potentially the difference makers along with Jefferson making a couple big plays and, and cousins being able to get the quick passing game going, but it's going to be a close one. I think it's another Greg Joseph walk off field goal <laughs> to win it. <laughs> so I'll yes. take the Vikings. I'll take the Vikings by three, which is coincidentally happens to be the spread. <laughs> yes. Uh, that sounds like a good pick. Hey, thank you to Brian Burdett, our producer. Thanks for listening to talknorth.com. This is Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, and we'll be back next week whether the Vikings are or not.